I think it's just because where I where I come from. I, a uh, family of attorneys, and you used to be a paralegal. Yeah. So anytime someone's like, "This attorney is really cool," I'm like, "Is he? <laughs> is he?" I, the thing is, and I've worked with great. Like I worked with really wonderful people. I worked with very compassionate, nice people, but also. i've met a lot of i've I've met a lot of attorneys i've met a lot of attorneys and for everyone that's like empathetic and trying to do their best also every attorney you meet is the most stressed out person you've ever met in your life yeah is this a bad time to tell you that like i'm taking the lsat in a month You had me at... Hell no! Welcome to You Had Me at Hell No. I'm Mel. I'm Allie. And welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, if you are here for the first time, we're very glad to have you. If you're returning, thank you so much. It means a lot. Yes, thank you. And, you know, we're excited that things are moving along and mm-hmm. doing great. And mm-hmm. uh, we're excited for you to continue on this journey with us. Ooh, very fancy. Um. Uh, this is a podcast where we could talk about romance movies. Oy, oy, oy. Uh, neither one of us is a huge fan of the genre. Mel, what do you like to watch to chill out? Spooky shit. Mm-hmm. What do you like to watch to chill out? Action. Yep. Uh, and yet, we both know romance movies. We've seen them. We have stuff of them that we enjoy. And this podcast is trying to figure out why and, like, what? Why? Why do we like things that hate us so much? I honestly don't know. It's it's perpetuates this crazy idea uh-huh. that you can never be happy when you're single, and yeah. then you have to find the one. Gross. This one great love, which like if you find that person, great, good for you, happy for you, mom. I love love. Love is great. You love love. I kind of hate love. I know. However, again, which one of us is in a long-term loving monogamous relationship? Me, bitch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it happened, but here we are. It's going great. Love you. If you're listening, hi. I'm on a cliff. (laughs) (laughs) Overlooking the ocean. (laughs) Staring at a lighthouse. (laughs) What country are you in? Um, Norwegian. Norway. (laughs) (laughs) Norwegian? I can't breathe. No. 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 Norweast. No. Diane Weast was my mom. John Lithgow is my dad, and I'm not even a virgin. Okay, you're okay. You know what you are? You're Patrick Star in the episode of SpongeBob where Mr. Krabs becomes obsessed with that game, and they I don't know it. They have to um, look for buried treasure, and they give Patrick the map, and he points them in a direction, and they say, Patrick, we were supposed to be going east. He said, east? I thought you said weast. (laughs) (laughs) That's the same episode where they have, like, a toy candy chest, and every time you open it, it goes, two gold doubloons. I... It's very funny. It's been so long. Highly recommend. I had a SpongeBob themed bedroom in my youth. Nice. And then I uh, asked my mom if I could get new bed sheets because I was going through puberty and I felt like it was weird to have like a sexy dream and then wake up and I'm in SpongeBob sheets. That's fair. I, also, by sexy dream, I mean like a boy walked past me and I was like, no! <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, how am I going to tell God? <laughs> I, I had a poster in my room that I got as a teenager, and it was SpongeBob and Patrick dressed like Hell's Angels, and it said "Born to Be Weird," <laughs> and I thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. I like it. All right, well, today we're not going to talk about SpongeBob, unfortunately. Unfortunately, um, our movie today is another installment in our spooky month, spooky romance month yes, for all it, of October. Yes, and it is our final installment of spooky romance month. Yes. It is sadly the last one. We're Uh, we're exiting my wheelhouse. I know. Mel has been loving it. I've been happier than a pig in shit this Mm -hmm. whole month. Mm -hmm. 
I love spooky shit. Oink, oink, babe. Truly. Um, not and, kosher, and but oink, oink, had, nonetheless. Unfortunately, none of them have been so spooky that I, I've been like, I don't like it. I think that's good, though. It's a good I, mix. Because we agreed on the movies beforehand, but this one that we're listening uh-huh. to today is actually a special one because yeah. it's our listener request episode. And it's really great. You all chose the episode. Yeah. You guys, thank you so much for following us on Instagram at HellNoCast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you guys chose Corpse Bride. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get I to wish, how we feel about that. Listen, I wish that you had chosen Cat People because, again, that's more my speed, but... I this was, is still spooky. I was kind of rooting for warm bodies. Oh, makes sense. Which for I've you. seen before, but anyway. I've seen that too. I like it. That's uh, but it's not. It wasn't chosen. You guys chose Corpse Bride, and we watched it. We did. Now, well, I love action, and Melanie loves horror. Woo. We have someone with us who loves uh, something other than movies. Frankly, our sound engineer Tiffer. Hi, Tip. Hey. Hey, Allie. Hi, Mel. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Yay, Yay. good. We're glad. Um, now, Corpse Bride, have you seen it before? Yes, but <gasps> like when it first came out, so it has been a while. Oh my god. Oh wow, a movie Tiffer's actually seen. What? Um, Incroyable. Incroyable. This has only happened one other time. Sacre bleu. Just bringing back French, you know. Bonsoir. Okay. Bonjour. Uh, je ne comprends pas. Keep going. <laughs> uh, Keep going. Bicyclette. Um, <laughs> piscine. Um, wow. Okay. La belle et la bête. Vincent Cassel. Bouncer. This is the segment within a segment. Yes. Called, does Ali speak French? The answer is no. <laughs> also, but, can she name any other French person besides Vin- Vincent Cassell? I can. Yeah, name three right now. Go. Napoleon. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He was from Sardinia. What? Not French. Hold, hold the fucking phone. He wasn't even French? No. I hate these bitches that show up and are like, I'm the king of this place. And they're not even... Alexander wasn't even fucking Greek. Hitler wasn't even German. Alexander was Macedonian. Uh, So it is a type of Greek ethnicity, but it's not Athenian or Spartan or the Macedonian, more like Macedonian. You want to get extra mad? Yeah. Napoleon III showed up in Mexico and was like, I'm emperor of Mexico now. Oh, I hate these bitches. (laughs) I hate these bitches. Um, well, anyway. <laughs> thank you for sharing your hatred of those bitches with us, but we'll go back to Tiffer. So since it's been probably at least 10 years since you've seen Corpse Bride, mm-hmm. do you remember what it's about? Uh, no. Okay. Not so, in the slightest. Okay. So then based no. on the title and what faint memory you may or may not have, what do you think it's about? Claymation Johnny Depp gets married to a dead claymation, Helena Bottom Carter. Very good. Very good. Uh-huh. Well, that was great. This has been Tiffer's Pop Culture Osmosis. Wah, 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 wah. Uh, also, kind of hit the nail on the head. Yeah, definitely. And um, this is, uh, uh, I guess this is, this is technically, like, necrophilia adjacent. Um, I guess. Like, like they don't have sex. They don't even kiss, but like marrying a corpse. Nasty. Ew. Fucking nasty. You gross. <sighs> um, all right. So this was Tim Burton's first. Now everyone thinks Tim Burton directed Nightmare Before Christmas. He did not. Uh, uh Henry Selleck directed Nightmare Before Christmas, directed Coraline, directed uh I think another one. James and the Giant Peach. Those are all Henry Selleck. Um and people are like, oh, Tim Burton directed those. No. So how is Tim Burton involved in those? He helped create the concept for a lot of those movies. Like, it was usually his idea. Like, what if we did a movie like this? Um, and also, he produced them. Okay. That he makes helped a more lot sense. with, like, art direction in some aspects, I think. That makes more sense. Yeah. But in terms of actually directing them, he didn't direct them. And this was the first one he This did. was the first one he directed. He co-directed it with a, a guy who had worked on those other movies. Okay. Um, so it's got all the classic Tim Burton elements. Mm-hmm. Everything's spooky. Mm-hmm. Danny Elfman does the music. Mm-hmm. And um, that's Helena Bonham Carter and Johnny Depp are in it as romantic opposites. He really was into being like, what if my best friend and my girlfriend 
kissed in front of me. Okay, man. I mean, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> All right, man. It really is wild that certain, I'm going to say male directors, uh, you can tell what they're into based on their movies. Yes. Woody Allen's a pedophile. Ugh. Uh, Tarantino's into feet. Um, Ew. Uh, I'm going to make a guess and say that Scorsese, who I love, also loves a very vivacious and angry blonde woman. Yeah. Um, um, uh, uh, ooh. Jens Cameron? No, I was going to say Christopher Nolan <gasps> loves pale women with brown hair who are yeah. very quiet. Brown haired, big eyes. Uh, he literally, one of his first movies is literally just a guy following someone, a girl around. Mm -hmm. I think it's called Following. I think that's literally the title of the movie. If you are a brown haired white woman with big eyes and high cheekbones. Christopher Nolan's into you. Allie, oh my God, that's you. I know. He, look. Christopher Nolan would eat you up. He would be like, oh, I can't wait to He'll put you in you. my He'll see you. He'll be like, you're the star of my next film. I can't wait to not be able to write for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, he can't write fucking romance for shit. That's very true. The best romance he ever did was that bit in Inception that he clearly did not think was romance, but, um... Like, Tom Hardy and, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt oh. are fucking in that movie. Yeah. They are fucking. Absolutely. This is not about the A lot of sexual side. tension. Another thing, though, with Tim Burton, where I was going with this, was Tim Burton, besides all the other aesthetic choices that you can tell he loves, but he loves a lady with a very tiny waist uh, and absolute honking titties. He does. He loves a spooky, tiny lady with huge very boobs. Pale, very pale, thin arms. Uh, thin limbs, thin very waist, slender, but um, almost emaciated, but with naturally large breasts. Massive titties. You, you could argue that this is a big titty goth girlfriend. A big titty goth girlfriend. Very That's much. what Tim Burton's Tim into. Tim Burton is all about that. He, he, created, he created her. He's mm -hmm. into her. Yeah. We have taken her and the internet has done stuff. Yeah, he was with Lisa Marie for a long time. Um, she was in Mars Attacks. She was in Ed Wood. Um, and she was, has, uh, she, has that she was in Sleepy Hollow, too. Mm -hmm. She's uh, Ichabod Crane's mom that gets Iron Maidened. Yeah. You know, the lady that looks exactly like the corpse bride. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then he was with Helena, also very petite, very tiny, you know. Frankly, then, a babe. A babe. And then also apparently, now this is not confirmed, and I know we're getting into gossip here, but <sighs> I heard this and it bummed me the fuck out. But apparently he has been in a relationship with Ava Green for quite some time. Ava Green can do so much better than she can Tim do Burton. so much better i think at this point since we're already talking about how tim burton's not good enough for her um we should address tim burton con controversy uh that he oh. is racist and terrible yeah he someone asked him to address how there are no people of color in his movies except that one man who's uh southeast asian who is a little person who played the Oompa Loompas in yes. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yes. That's the only person of color I can ever remember in a Tim Burton movie. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And he said, well, like, it doesn't make sense for them to be in my movies. Huh? What does that mean? You, you make fantasy shit. You think there aren't black people who are goths? Yeah, go to fucking London, you piece of shit. Go anywhere, you asshole. Like, <sighs> I hate this bitch. Like, black people can be emo, too. And not just black people. Anybody Any can. Listen, if you're a White millennial, no matter what ethnicity you are, mm -hmm. we all know that you love My Chemical Romance. And it's yeah. okay because everyone's supposed to love them. Yes. Because they're, they're amazing. They're amazing. Ugh. I mean. But uh, like saying that is like, I, underst I understand having a vision for your piece. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the color of someone's skin doesn't prevent them from bringing your vision to life unless yeah. you have a vision that excludes people of color, which is kind of like... That's not great. That's a lame vision. It's a lazy, um, shitty vision. I frankly. mean, if I were making... If I were making, like, the horror fantasy movie of my dreams, mm -hmm. I would hire whoever's the best actor. Yeah. I don't care what your color is. I don't care what your background is. Can you do it the way I want you to do it? Yes or no? That's what I care about. Yeah. It's just, it's very uh, lazy and small-minded. And uh, it's also like, oh, it, it's saying that, like, white people have a monopoly on the fantasy horror genre and they mm -hmm. don't 
They definitely don't. They really don't. Um, yeah. it's, anyway, so it's not cool. So so he created the claymation group of white people. Um, <laughs> they are. They're all so pale. They're all so white. They're in. It's like not. It's a. It's we're we're in set in some village, and it's all gray, and uh, Johnny Depp voices Victor, who fully looks like Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Chalamini. Um, Timothy Chalamini. D- Happy Halloweeny to Timothy Chalamini. Katya's Tim- best tweet. Timothy Timothy Chalamet. He's I'm French Canadian. Fuck, right? I'm gonna fucking fight this bitch. Why? I have an antagonistic relationship. Do you think he has better cheekbones than you? Or are you just are you intimidated by his cheekbones? I feel a competitive antagonistic relationship with certain heartthrobs, and Chalamet. Anytime everybody tells me that I gotta love someone, I'm like, why? <laughs> Don't ever tell me. That being said, I did watch The King and was like, oh no. <laughs> I think I get it. And he seems like a nice young man. And he seems very supportive of the women he works with. But I will not be pulled under. He can't get me. He's he's the lead <laughs> He's the lead in Dune. <laughs> That's right. He plays the Kyle McLaughlin part. Do not think you have me, Chalamet. Wow. Okay. Well, maybe we should. You know what, Chalamet? I don't want to be your girlfriend, Chalamet. Isn't he like really young? Yeah. I'm. I'm. I. I have cheekbones and that haircut. I can do that too, Chalamet. You can. Do you need a moment? I think I might want to kiss Timothy Chalamet. Just like every other man in Hollywood that you want to kiss, you get really like angry at them and combative. I think I get where incels come from. <laughs> Excuse me? Care to explain? Just like this person, I kind of, you know how incel, like there's shitty dudes who are like, I kind of feel sexy feelings about this person and they're never going to want me. What the fuck? How dare they make me feel this way? Um, I don't think it's that. I think it's mainly that I was raised kind of Catholic. Uh, you think? <laughs> so anyway, this claymation guy looks like Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> he, Victor, comes from, like, new money. Nouveau riche. Nouveau riche. More and French. Then, You're then, welcome. Thank you. Merci. Timothy Chalamet is French. I, I just fucking <laughs> god damn it. <laughs> it all comes this. full circle. God damn it. <laughs> so, okay, Johnny Depp plays this uh, young man named Victor. Uh-huh. His parents are like new money. Yeah. And he has an arranged marriage to this young girl named Victoria, voiced by Emily Watson, mm-hmm. who comes from old money, but it's the type of uh, thing where. <laughs> That happens a lot in the UK, I think. Someone who has a title and comes from a wealthy family, but they no longer have the wealth. Yes. That goes with the title. This is really uh, prevalent. Yeah. Like, all over the UK where there are these, like, huge mansions, but because the people don't have the money anymore, they're just, like, these enormous estates that are crumbling in on themselves. Mm -hmm. Falling into total disrepair. But this is set in, like, I think it's supposed to be the 1800s. Something like the late 1800s, early 1900s. It's That's unclear. That's the vibe that I got. It's unclear. So uh, they're in this sort of arranged marriage they never met before. They show up. Now the whole idea is Victoria's parents are like, okay, we're going to marry. They aren't letting anybody know that they are basically bankrupt and so that this marriage will bring in money for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also the idea is that vi- in, by marrying into Victoria's family, Victor will now have like Status. Status. Yeah. Um, they meet up on kind of accident, and the idea is Victor is, like, clumsy. He's supposed to be, like, clumsy, shy, not well-spoken. The problem is we never learn anything about these characters, really. No, well, I would argue that the female characters have much clearer motivations than the male characters. Yeah, I never understood anything Victor did, but we'll get to that. Well, um, right, but um, Victoria has a clear motivation because uh-huh. she and Victor fall in love. Uh-huh. And her motivation uh, is to be with Victor and to save him, essentially, yeah. from the thing that has gone on, which is the entire plot of the movie, uh-huh. which doesn't really make any sense. No. Nope. Her mother's motivation is to get money. Mm-hmm. Um, also, fully, the mother is voiced by Joanna Lumley from Abfab. Queen, icon. 
And her character, um, her head looks like a giant penis. It, like she's got a really huge long chin and her hair is like two erect testicles. Just like, just, it's not good. Testicles can't be erect. I know, but that's what it looks like. <laughs> it looks like. I, it her did, head looks like a dick. The, it Google was very it. phallic. It was very phallic in nature. And her hair did have a sort of scrotal nature to it. Um, okay. I love that I tried to make it sound better, but I made it sound way worse. <laughs> Scrotal. That's horrifying. Uh, so uh. horrific. Um, it's also sometimes a musical. There are like two or three songs in the music. There the movie. are. Um, it opens with I a wasn't song. Mad. I was not mad about no. the fact that it was a musical. It was clearly something that was written by Danny Elfman. Mm-hmm. I dig Danny Elfman. I like Danny Elfman. Oh, except that one time. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, are we going to talk about that? Oh, we're going to tell the story about Tiny Jimmy and the boat. Okay. I'll give the abridged version. Suffice it to say, uh, when I graduated college... Mm-hmm. My best friend, uh, Elise, <laughs> shout out to you, Elise. We mm-hmm. hung out with her friend and his friend. Um, and her friend is like a typical Bay Area rich white boy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, let's go on my boat on the creek. Jesus. So we all go on this boat. We're all fucked up. The next thing I know, Elise and that guy are gone. And it's just me and this guy, Jimmy. And I call him Tiny Jimmy. Not to disparage his height, but he was like a smaller guy. I don't really care about that stuff. <laughs> but the point is, we were both fucked up and uh, oh, things happened. But the point of why I'm telling this story is because <laughs> when it was beginning to happen during foreplay, no. he no. played the fish head song. And then I was like, what? What? And then he insisted that we listen to the entire coip- corp- corpus-, corpus of Oingo Boingo, which is Danny Elfman's band. He wanted to oingo boingo. <laughs> In coingo boingo. Oh, my. And, and then the next morning I woke up. This is the best part of the story. Uh, the uh-huh. next morning, I just have to tell you guys, just surround it up. The next morning I wake up, I'm seasick because I'm on a fucking boat. Mm-hmm. And I'm hungover. Mm-hmm. Um, I managed to find what? all you my things. Why you mean you had alcohol before having sex with a person named Tiny Jimmy while His listening to Oingo Tiny Boingo? Jimmy. That's just what I call him. Okay. Minuscule James. Timber, <laughs> 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 you have a yes, question? Do you have a question? You said calling him Tiny Jimmy isn't to diminish his height. What is it diminishing? I plead the fifth. Weird science. Gotta That's the only Oingo Boingo I know. <laughs> First of all, Oingo Boingo is great. It was just a weird situation. So um, this, like the way it was set up, the dock, it was like a, a ramp that went up to the house, mm-hmm. but it was like very windy. Mm-hmm. And I tripped getting off of the boat. And so I fell on my face and my nose was bleeding no. just like everywhere. And I had nothing to stop it. So I just like go into the house. I'm trying to find my friend. I don't really know where I am. <laughs> 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 I'm at this point, I'm 22, mm-hmm. barely turning 23. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> oh boy. And then uh, I'm, I look like a, a crazy person. <laughs> and um, his dad, no. my friends whose house it was, his dad was there and he was only wearing tidy whities <gasps> And we ran into each other no. and I'm like, uh, do you know where I can find uh, these people? And he was like, uh, upstairs. And I was like, okay, bye. Um, that's that's my story Danny Elfman adjacent Danny Elfman approved thank you for coming to my TED talk so <laughs> the movie is partially a musical um so they're gonna get married and they have like a rehearsal and uh, Victor trips Timothy Chalamet trips on the words and messes up and he accidentally lights uh, Victoria's mom on fire and just her, her like, dress but like the point is like oh my god he's clumsy he's not ready for marriage mm-hmm. like okay alright and so he goes to the woods and he has the ring and he's stressing out and he's reciting the vows until he gets it perfectly mm-hmm. and he places the ring on what he thinks is like a branch in the snow to be like I sang my vows and then the branch and he says them perfectly yes 
And then the branch moves because guess what? It wasn't a branch. It was a corpse hand. Yes. And, and she's like, I do. That, that part was cool. That was fun. And, and then she just rises from the grave and he's like, oh. And then she's she, like, we're married. Come to the land of the dead. And she pulls him to the land of the dead. Now, something I did like about this was that the land of the living is entirely in like grays and black and white. It's very kind of drab. And then the land of the dead is all colors. Very like vibrant. The corpse bride is bright blue. Everyone, there's, it's Everyone's just, very happy in the land of the dead. Everyone's psyched to be They're in the land of the They're having a great time being dead. Yeah, and this is also, that's also something I think in Tim Burton just is like, wouldn't it be cool to be dead? Like Beetlejuice, they're kind, people are kind of psyched to be dead. Um, except for, in, if I knew then what I know now, I wouldn't have had my little accident. Um, Oof, Miss Argentina. That bums me out. But I, I don't know. I got the vibe from Beetlejuice that Tim Burton thinks that hell mm-hmm. is bureaucracy. That's actually, you know what? That's probably more accurate. But he does like to, something I do appreciate about him is that he incorporates a lot of like color into something that would normally be more macabre. I agree with like, that. Like to I, him, it's, seeing a lot of color seems more terrifying to him. Like Edward Scissorhands, the neighborhood is super bright and colorful. Yeah. Very um, mod. Oh, we yeah. got to do it. We got to do Edward Scissorhands. We're getting distracted. The point is, is that the land of the dead is kind of tight. It's a party. It's like a sick bar where they play a skeleton is like, hey, man, listen to this cool sound. And we're going to tell you in song what happened to the bride. Mm-hmm. Her name's Emily. Her name's and she's Emily. really cool. And we learn this very sad story that yeah. I kind of wish that we learned more about. Yeah. But the corpse bride becomes a corpse bride because uh-huh. she fell in love with this strange man. Uh-huh. And they were going to run away and elope. She stole a bunch of money from her parents. Uh-huh. And the next thing she knew when she was waiting for him, she died. Uh-huh. Because she's someone like, murdered her. She was waiting in the woods and all of a sudden she died. Someone murdered her and the stuff was taken. So that's a bummer. Um, and we immediately, you and I were like, oh, we know exactly who murdered her. Yes. Because a guy shows up. To the rehearsal. To the rehearsal. And no one really questions Nobody who he questions is. him because Victoria's parents think he's a distant relative. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not. And no. he looks and sounds evil, voiced by Richard E. Grant. Love Richard E. Grant. Great character. And uh, when we see the silhouette in the retelling of what happened to the corpse, we're like, oh, it's him. And we're like, oh, that guy murdered her. So, and spoiler alert, he did. He did. So, um, uh, uh, Victor, I keep wanting to say Timothy Chalamet. You can call him that. He kind of looks like him. Timothy is stressed out. Um, Because he's like, well, how can I? I need to get back to Victoria because I love Victoria. And he is like, oh, God, they're kind of talking. They're not really like she surprises him with a gift and it's his dead dog. It's like the bones of his dog, essentially the ghost of his dog from his childhood. His dog's name was Scratch. How did she find out? How did she know? Well, but that's what I wish. One of the big problems that I had with this movie, and mm-hmm. I think I, we talked about this when we watched it, it's yeah. that this movie feels like a pitch for a movie. Yeah. And I wish that it was more fleshed out because essentially everything is a really interesting concept, mm-hmm. but then we don't get anything else further than that. And I wish that we learned more about the motivations of these characters. I wish mm-hmm. we had more reason to be emotionally invested in the story. Yeah. Because we're not. I'm not. And also the rules of the universe of the movie don't make any sense. Not at all. How does how does the corpse bride know that... How does she find his dog? How does she know? Has she been watching him from the land of the dead? She. They just met We don't today. know. They don't, we don't know. And she's like very much, you're my husband. You're my husband. We're yeah. going to be together forever. You have to stay in the land of the dead with me. Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, well, um, thinking to himself, I have to get out of here. Uh-huh. So he lies to her and they manage to go back up to the land of the living. But it's a whole to do. He's like, oh, you should meet my parents. She's like, oh, sure. Let's talk to Dr. So-and-so or whatever. Some Mr. Some old skeleton. Some old skeleton who is like, I prepared this little spell. When you want to come back, say hopscotch. This never comes, like, it, it comes back one time and then we never deal with it again. But it was like, it, the whole point is it's a big to-do to get back to the land of the living. Mm-hmm. So. 
And he does. He goes back, but instead of going to his parents, he tells Emily to wait for him uh-huh. by her dump site, the site where this serial killer dumped her body. Yeah. And he goes to see Victoria. And so mm-hmm. then he, like, explains to Victoria, like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm in this situation. And then the He co- doesn't even explain it Well, he her. doesn't get a chance to because then Emily finds him and she's like, there's another woman. He's like, no, you're the other woman. I'm supposed to marry Victoria. We're uh-huh. both alive. You're a corpse. Uh-huh. And then she goes, hopscotch, and they go back to the land of the dead. And it's so stupid because I don't care about any of these characters. You know who I care about? Um, the little worm that like lives <gasps> in her head. That talks like Peter Laurie? Yeah. He is <laughs> like, hey. Yeah. Peter, okay. F- little like film history lesson for those of you who don't know. Peter Laurie uh-huh. is a really famous horror actor uh-huh. from the 40s and 50s. If you've ever watched Looney Tunes, you'll recognize a character based off of him in the episodes where Bugs Bunny gets trapped in like haunted houses. <gasps> he's the scientist. He's the like, voice. <laughs> that guy. That's why that voice scares the shit out of me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I loved it. Those were my favorite Bugs Bunny episodes. But Too Peter Laurie is famous for being a horror actor. And he's known because he's got like really big eyes that bug out of his head. And mm-hmm. he's got this like really nasally voice and he talks really creepy mm-hmm. um and the worm slash maggot that lives inside the corpse bread's head is based off of him and i thought it was very cute mm-hmm. and he's very supportive of her he is they're like best friends he's, he, he truly, only has her best interest in mind he literally is like what is so great about this guy girl believe in yourself truly yeah um he's like i in a, in a film in the 1940s, I murdered a bunch of German children. Trust my opinion. <laughs> Is that really a movie? Yeah, it's called M, and he uh, plays Der Kindermörder. M for, mm, no, thank you. Uh, M for <laughs> murder, but. No, I, I got it. <laughs> it's uh, a really good movie, um, but if you don't like watching movies about kids being harmed, you shouldn't watch it. I'm not psyched about them. Yeah. Um. Uh, anyway, so Peter anyway, Lorre Worm. Peter Lorre Worm film. is like, you deserve better, bitch. Um, and, and he's right. He's right. Victor and, sucks. And Victor is like about it. And so uh, Victoria, up in the land of the living, tries to tell her parents like, there's a something's wrong with Victor. She tries to explain to them what's going on, and they're like, fucking yeah, right, dude. So she goes to uh, the church to talk to the priest about it. The priest is voiced by Christopher Lee. Ugh, rest in peace. Um, very fun, very good uh, performance. Uh, it is. He has a very small role, but it's very memorable. And half of it is just because it's like, oh, it's Christopher Lee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he has that wonderful voice that he had. Um, uh, and and the they priest try to is lock like, her up. you're Bonksville. You're crazy. So they're like, she's insane. She's ruining our. She's ruining our family reputa- reputation. Okay. I don't give a damn about my bird repertoire thing. <laughs> Joan Jett, if you're listening, Dernie. I'm really sorry. <laughs> Joan, don't listen. Joan Jett <laughs> from Bird River Daymare. Anyways. Anyway, um, they're like, hey, you know what? So Richard E. Grant is like, I'd be happy to marry he pretends he is, he gives the impression that he has a lot of money. Yes. And his impression that he has a lot of money is why Victoria's parents agree to the marriage. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Richard E. Grant thinks that they're still filthy rich mm-hmm. and that he's going to get a sweet dowry. Sweet dowry. So they marry her to Richard E. Grant. Mm-hmm. Now, meanwhile, in the land of the dead, I think at some point Victor finds out um, Emily is married. No. Victoria is married. Yes, he finds out she's married, and he's like, oh, nothing else matters. And um, he overhears Emily talking with big skeleton old spooky man Mm -hmm. about how to keep them married because there's a loophole, Uh because the loophole of marriage is till death do us part, and he's alive. Uh Death is already part of And the only way to close the loophole is for Victor to be dead. Mm Mm-hmm. And he agrees. He's yeah. like, yeah, I'll drink poison and die. That's fine. He's all, so eager to be like, yeah, I'll die. Like, what? None of his, he, he, his motivation changes from scene to scene, it feels like. 
Yeah. I mean, I guess we could argue because he heard that Victoria got married, he's willing to die, but it's still like, all right, eh. man. And we also don't know enough about him. We don't care. The stakes, we don't care. The stakes in this movie are so low. I didn't give a fuck that he wanted to die. There are two scenes where he uh, tries to make a woman feel better by playing piano with her. And if we knew that like music was something that made him happier or a way that he communicated better, because also no one communicates in this fucking no, movie. No, and also he's meant to be very, very shy. Yeah. And so I agree with you. I think if music was the way that he mainly expressed himself, first of all, it would be a better musical. Uh-huh. And second of all, I would care that he plays piano for women. Instead, it just seems like this is his trick to get women to not be mad at him and therefore be into him sexually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it just He just seems like a creep who's like, Oh, man, even if I told you, you wouldn't understand what I'm going through. Bow, now, now. Bow, bow. This is a guitar. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Just like shitty musician boy. We all know one. Mm -hmm. Like, think of that person in your head. That's what this character is. Where you're like, you know what? I actually love bass. I think bass is an underrated instrument. Yeah, or just guys be like, yeah, well, like, that's why I have my band. And Mm -hmm. like... I don't like texting. Just come see my band. Uh, honestly, like... I don't make plans, uh, and I'll never text you back, but I want you to only be sleeping with me and come see my band whenever we perform. I, ca- I come from a really, like, dark place, and I'm really into, like, energies, and I don't want to say I love you because, like, I don't know that I even know what love is. But, yeah, I will fuck you consistently for, for several weeks. Yeah, that guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to ask you, why aren't you seeing anyone? Yeah, because I thought I was seeing you, bitch. Yeah, bitch. (sighs) Although, weirdly, I don't think either one of us has actually dated a dude like that. I haven't dated a musician, but I did date that one guy who dumped me mercilessly. Oh, babe, I'm sorry. uh, When I was excavating, uh, he was the one who, (gasps) like... That bitch! Yeah, I won't say his name to protect the guilty party. I'm sorry, I don't mean to yell. No, he was like... that dude was not First of all, I was really, really into him, and he was like... I don't make plans. And I was like, well, I have two jobs, so mm-hmm. I need to. So this dude was like, you have really beautiful eyes. And then was like, why are you into me? <laughs> like, all right, brah, fucking chill out. The only person you do have like beautiful that, eyes. You do. You. I was talking about what he said to you. Oh, oh, yeah. You did <laughs> say that to me. That's right. Because I remember I texted you right after our first date. I got pulled over for speeding because I was so excited because I liked him so much. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, your heart wasn't the only thing that was racing. No, it was my 2002 Dodge Grand Caravan. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) 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 Uh. It's for the best. My friends didn't like him, and they were right. I don't like him. Anyway. The Corpse Bride. (laughs) Clearly, we didn't. The problem is, we did not like this movie. I hated it. A lot of this movie was very... I don't know, forgettable. It felt it it, it really felt like a big who cares. It, yeah. it it should have been and I feel like it was strongest when it was about the corpse bride and this young woman kind of searching for love who died waiting for love. Now one could argue that the real story is that she learns that she doesn't need anyone. Oh, cuz anyway Oh yeah, the end of the movie. Sorry, we should probably explain <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. this fucking movie. Sorry. So, essentially uh uh, uh, uh. Oh, oh! This was this was also part of it because um, Timothy Chalamet is like, let's get married in the land of the living. They all just show up in the land of the living. All the dead people casually and it unexplained turns, and because it, turns it used out, to be a big to do. Yeah, so the rules don't make sense. Number one, number two, we find out that everyone in the land of the dead are locals of this village who've passed away. Yeah, so. It's actually a really nice moment when, like, everyone, instead of, like, there's a moment where this little girl, like, sees this, you know, skeleton corpse dude. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Grandpa? Mm-hmm. And then they hug, and everyone's like, oh, my God, it's our loved ones. And, and so it's a nice good. moment it's of nice. the living and the dead coming together to watch this um, suicide murder wedding. Very confusing. But it's also, it's not, we don't know enough about anybody in the town or anybody in the land of the dead we don't know enough about them or about the rules to have this have any real emotional weight. I agree. Um, Because what this is essentially trying to be is the same kind of scene as um, the same kind of dark humor 
as the scene in Nightmare Before Christmas where everyone is opening up their scary presents oh, from yeah. Halloween Town. Yeah. And that scene is funny and effective because both we know the rules of like real life Christmas and why this would be funny and scary, but also we know the rules of the movie. We know why it's freaky for like, we know how Christmas Town works. We know how Halloween Town works. We know how the real world works in this sort of um, universe. We don't really know the rules of Corpse Bride Town. We so don't. we don't care. We don't. We also don't know anybody. We don't really know any of the villagers. So we, we don't, don't really care that we're, they're reunited. Not with their Not a relatives. single care in my heart. But as the ceremony is happening, uh-huh. um, Til- Timothy Shalamini uh-huh. is ready to drink this poison, uh-huh. and then the corpse bride stops him. She's like, "No, I can't do this. Uh-huh. Like, it's not fair to you." Uh-huh. And then Victoria's there, and they're like, "Oh my god, we love each other." Boop, 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 boop. Yeah, we love each who other. Who cares? Big who and cares? And Richard e. Grant shows up, and he's like. What's up? We're already married, idiot. And, and, and Victoria's like, well, he my does parents not talk like that. Well, essentially, and she, he's like, she's mine because I get a sweet dowry. She's like, no, my parents are poor as shit. And he's like, what? And he's and like, what? Well, then I'll have to kill you too. And then Corpse Bride remembers, you're the one who, you, it was you, Jacques. <laughs> and and then there's there's a fight scene. Uh, between Richard E. Grant and Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet. It's a then, bi- again, a big who cares. A big who cares. Anyway, Richard E. Grant is like, I'm going to toast to the fact that I'm going to murder you. And he drinks the death wine. Because he thinks it's regular wine, but uh, spoilers, it's poison. So then he dies. And then all of the people from the land of the dead double murder him. It's so- unclear how this works, but basically he's taken care of. So then Victor and Victoria are going to get married. And the corpse bride is like... Other. Yeah. Okay. And thanks, cor- babe. Yeah. Here's and my she bouquet. Just and tosses then- the bouquet and turns into a bunch of butterflies. Why? In the moonlight. And because Timothy Chalamini drew a butterfly at the beginning of the movie. He did. Yeah. Oh, I didn't notice that. I'm like, I guess that's the connection. But like, were butterflies a part of this? Did she like butterflies? Were there butterflies anywhere else in this movie? Well, no. I mean, I think the implication is is that she finally her unfinished business is finished, and she needs to like her spirit can be free. I get that, but also we're doing more work than this movie did. You are right. We're giving this movie a lot of credit. We are. We the, shouldn't. Um, Every, take now, what we're saying with a huge grain of salt, because if you watch this movie, if, you, if you've seen this movie before our expert analysis, yeah. you'll be confused. And when you see it after our expert analysis, you'll still be confused. Yeah. And while I will say a lot of the stop motion... It's incredible. Like it's really cool. I, I you told me a bunch of facts about it. I, that I love no this. I really like stop motion. I really like it as an art form. It's because it's also painstaking. And it, it is forever. It's, it's truly pose picture. Yeah. Pose picture. Pose like to everything get one is shot is so, like a week. Yeah, and everything everything in film is is supposed to be intentional because mm-hmm. It's a visual medium. Everything that you're putting on screen is intentional, or at least it should be. Mm-hmm. And in this case, Extremely. it's very intentional. There's no improv. There is it, no stone left unturned. The mm-hmm. detail in this movie is incredible. Yeah. It looks amazing. Yeah. There's a scene where these characters are in the rain. And, and they like, look wet. Their hair is blowing in the rain. Incredible. Um, there's cool stuff. It is, makes me really respect Wallace and Gromit. Yeah. Like a lot. Wallace and Gromit was uh, great. Uh, the Wear Bunny or whatever that was called. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. fun. Maybe watch Wallace and Gromit uh, instead of Or Chicken of Run. Movie. Chicken Run. Chicken Run, a far better movie than this. Chicken Run, or I didn't see Kubo, but I heard it was very good. I heard I haven't seen I it. I heard it was incredible. My cousin Mike really. Shout out to my cousin Mike. I don't know hey, if he Mikey. We're allowed to call him Mikey. None of you are allowed to call if him Mikey. If you call him Mikey, we'll come to your house we'll beat the- and give you a strong talking to. We, you are in trouble, okay? I'm going to write a letter to your dad. <laughs> I'm going to fuck your dad. No! <laughs> we went from no. zero to 60. I can't. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I can't. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want that. I really don't want that. Anyway, shout out, Mikey. <laughs> Hope you're doing well. <laughs> He's fine. He's on a boat somewhere. Um, but he really wanted me to watch Kubo, and I didn't. So, sorry. That's on me. Um, 
I don't know. Okay, I guess. Would we'll... you, Allie? Would you recommend this movie? I don't know. I feel like if you're gonna watch, if you are looking for like a Tim Burton esque thing, like if you want to watch Tim Burton with your kid, if your kid might like this if they're young because it has cool colors and it's kind of dark. If you have kind of a goth kid, they might like it. But if you're gonna do that, just give them Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. I wasn't allowed to watch that movie when I was a kid. Oh, I was obsessed with it. I wasn't allowed because my parents thought it was too scary. Meanwhile, my favorite movie was The Wizard of Oz. (laughs) One of the most terrifying movies ever made. See, everyone says that. I'm like, that's not scary. I mean, I think it is. The concept behind it, like, there's a young girl and she's trapped by the Wicked Witch of the West and Margaret Hamilton, my queen, okay. is going to murder this child yeah. over a pair of shoes. Okay? That's scary shit. That's what it is to be a woman. Uh, <laughs> That's what it is to be a woman. Uh, Margaret Hamilton, underrated We can't actor. fight each other, girls. We need to fight the real, the real villain in that is the wizard. He's a creepy white guy the great and powerful oz he's not even from the emerald city who has been he's from kansas he's been lying to everyone Um, he's a fraud his big anyway we didn't like corpse bride i really wouldn't like i I didn't find it romantic it's not sexy it's a stop motion clay thing Honestly, if you're going to watch a Timothy, uh, a Timothy, a Timothy Burton, <laughs> Timothy Burton. a Timothy Burton Timothy film, Chalamet Burton. <laughs> Timothy Chalamini Bertini, <laughs> you should, I agree with you, Allie, you should watch Nightmare Before Christmas. Or which, even, which isn't even Tim Burton. No, or even Coraline. Like mm-hmm. if you have kids who are like me, who would think that it was cool instead of terrifying, mm-hmm. watch Coraline. Yeah. Watch, do a different thing. And if you really want to watch, like, a Tim Burton movie with your kids, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Or, um, oh, which Batman was it? Was it Batman Forever? No, it was Batman and then Batman Returns is what the okay, ones he did. Okay, I get all of them mixed up. It's okay. Ba- he did Nipple Batman. No, that's Joel Schumacher. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it goes it goes like this if we're talking about movie Batmans. Uh, first, it's Tim Burton who did Batman and Batman Forever, uh-huh. which... Batman Forever. No, not Batman Forever. Sorry, Batman Returns. Which Batman Returns is arguably the horniest Batman movie. And that's the one with uh, Mr. Da- Freeze, Arnold no, Schwarzenegger. No, Which is the one with the love of my life, Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's Batman Forever, babe. Oh, wait. No, wait. That, that has to be Tim Burton because it's no. the one with Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy. No, that's Joel Schumacher. No, that can't be. That's Joel Schumacher, I bitch. I don't believe you. Look it up. I'm right. I don't believe you. <laughs> Look it up. I'm right. If... Are you telling me that the Batman movie that has Poison Ivy, Bane, pink gorillas that are thugs and beat you up, Mr. Freeze breaking into a museum and going, everybody, chill. (laughs) You're telling me that's not Tim Burton? That's not Tim Burton. Tim Burton is Michael Keaton, Jack Nicholson, Prince soundtrack, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Danny DeVito. Jesus. Joel Schumacher is the one that's like, what if it was all rubber? And, no. And what if Uma Thurman was like, hello. No. As I told Lady Freeze when I pulled her plug, this is a one-woman show. I don't, it's, I can't believe that's in my brain. That's a, First of all, it's a great movie. <laughs> and my favorite not. part, <laughs> what killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age! We're different ah. in Batman. Um... So that was so Corpse we, Bride. We, we don't recommend we Corpse don't Bride. Recommend See movie. literally anything other than this. Not anything other, but like, it's not... Most other things. It's... It's frustrating because a lot of work went into it. And it's not good. But it's just, I don't really care about any of the it's, characters. It's like a script before it got punched up. And it really bugs me that, because we talked about it at the beginning, but the Corpse Bride is big titty goth girl for Billy. She is literally decomposing. We see her ribs. We see her bones. But you know what? Her hasn't, eyeball keeps popping out. And you know what Peter hasn't decomposed? lives in her head. You know what hasn't decomposed? Those titties. Silicone doesn't decompose. <laughs> this was 1801. I know I'm shit. joking. I know. But like, and what's frustrating also is that that's what like a lot of children are going to see and be like, oh, I guess that's what I'm supposed to look like. I have to be really skinny. But if I had the capacity for boobs, they need to be absolute honkers. I wonder if children watching this movie would think that that these women are... They're going to internalize that shit. 
<sighs> yeah, that's a good point. They're going to look at themselves and be like, oh, I don't look like that. Oh, you mean like every movie you and I watched growing up? Yeah. And all of our internalized uh, misogyny and body issues mm-hmm. that we definitely don't have? <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you mean? I never looked at myself and gone, oh, God damn it. <laughs> I did this morning. I looked in the mirror and I went, oh. I have a real roller coaster with how I feel about myself because it's either, God, what the fuck am I even... What would I even bring to the table to something? And then I have other moments where I'm like, who could deny me? Oh, see, for me, <laughs> nine times out of ten, I look in the mirror and I'm like, I'm the trash man. <laughs> trash man. I just go out on the ring and I start eating trash. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how I feel every day. I get because it. Because I love Danny DeVito. I love Danny DeVito. The real answer is this movie should have had a Danny DeVito in it. Who do you think, Dan- okay, new question that we need to ask in every romance movie we watch. How could Danny DeVito had made, have made this movie better? Get rid of everybody, just make it claymation Danny <laughs> every DeVito. Every character was voiced by Danny DeVito. <laughs> the corpse friend is like, I'm fucking dead. <laughs> I'm dead and I want to get married. Danny DeVito so much. Ugh, join the club. I I think I'd marry Danny DeVito. We all would. Hey, fuck Mary Kill. <laughs> Danny DeVito? <laughs> Danny DeVito or Danny DeVito. <laughs> Here's a good one. This is not related to any movie we watched because there's no fuck Mary Kill for this movie because they're all claymation. Who cares? Um Danny yeah, DeVito. I'd kill all of them. Danny DeVito, Steve Buscemi, Nick Cage. Oh no! This one is tailored specifically to undermine me. No, I'm just great at this game. Shit. I have to choose. Those are the rules of the game. There's not really a lady version of those people. Also, uh, no, you're right. Give Mm -hmm. me a second to think. I I think I know my answer. Okay, give me, you do your answer. I'm still thinking. And all... All due respect, I'm gonna kill Nick Cage. But the how this is how I want you to know this is how it goes down. We're fighting to the death. Okay. It's out of respect. Okay. So as we finally beat each as I finally beat him, he's like, I respect you. Okay. <laughs> he knows that it's with respect. That there's, makes it a little bit There's less love in the fight. That's okay. how it goes. Okay. I'm gonna marry Danny DeVito. And I'm gonna fuck Steve Buscemi. Okay. <laughs> This is the hardest decision of my life. I also really love the idea that Tim Burton here, Tim Burton would never listen to this, but I love the idea that Tim Burton listens to this. We've trashed him. And also he's like, they didn't even talk about my movie. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even talk about my movie. They're just talking about how they have like apparently romantic feelings for Danny DeVito. Okay. I have my Tim answer. Tim would understand. What? Oh, this is such a hard choice, but I made some executive decisions. Okay. Um, I'd have to kill Danny DeVito. Wow. Yeah. No. And like Nicolas Cage, it would be a fight to the death. In the ring, me versus the trash man. (laughs) I would prevail, but just barely. Trash man. Yeah. Um, So that's, that's upsetting. But I have to think of the other two choices because I would absolutely... Marry Steve Buscemi mm-hmm. and fuck Nick Cage. I am blown away by this. What did you think I would choose? I think as I knew you were going to keep Nick Cage. But oh, of course. I, it's hard for me to picture that. <laughs> what if I swapped out Steve Buscemi for Willem Dafoe? Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Would it be okay. the same? <laughs> uh, no. I think I would kill Willem Dafoe and marry what? Danny DeVito and still fuck Nick Cage. This is blowing my mind. Anyway, listen, Willem Dafoe, Lars von Trier called his penis confusingly large, and I just don't think I can handle that. I'm willing to die on that ship. I'm not. I'm not. I'm absolutely not. Okay. I got an IUD recently. The thought of something ever touching my cervix again makes me physically ill. Not your cervix, madam. I just imagine Willem Dafoe, his hog, is so large that if we fucked, it would bump up against my cervix and I would have to kill him. Oh, no. <laughs> you laugh, but it really fucking hurts. Look, I don't... Ha- like, 
Think about the last time you got a pap smear and how that's uncomfortable. Imagine that 50 times worse. That's not cool. I've had my cervix bumped by a dick before. It hurts. Okay, brag. No, not a brag. brag. Not a brag. It's extremely painful. I don't recommend it. it. You should not. Bragging about it. Okay. Little miss. (laughs) Thank you for your cervix. I'm loving this. I hate you right now. (laughs) I'm queen of this right now. (laughs) Yeah, queen of the damned. Oh, no, that's not a burn because Aaliyah's cool. I miss her. Sad she died. On that note. (laughs) (laughs) Not on that note. It really is sad that she died. We cannot end on that. It's we're gonna. Well, take a moment. Think of your best, the best Aaliyah moment. Have your time. We hope you're doing well. How the fuck did we get here? I'm sorry. Because I called you Queen of the Damned, and I was trying to be mean, but I love that movie. Can we watch that movie for the pod? Does it count? No, I don't know. You know what? You got listeners. You tell us. Does Queen of the Damned count? As spooky romance. We want to know. So you can find us a number of ways on the interwebs. Mm -hmm. You can email us at hellnocast at Mm gmail.com. Instagram and Twitter at hellnocast. Mm -hmm. Website, hellnocast.com. All the ways. Let us know. We would really love to hear your opinion. Yeah. Uh, This is the last one for spooky romance. Mm -hmm. We're going to be picking back up with just... Run-of-the-mill, regular rom-com romance uh, next week. But we do value your input. Mm -hmm. So definitely check us out on social media. Also, check us out on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Because that's where uh, our episodes are located, aside from our website. And if you like what you hear, give us a like and leave us a five-star review. That would really help us out. It really means a lot. We really appreciate it. Also, I do want to say, like, Leah was incredible. Ugh. Incredible. A, like, truly phenomenal and phenomenally talented. She somehow had chemistry with Jet Lee in Romeo Must Die. Do you know how bad that movie is? And do you know how good their chemistry was because of her? Are You That Somebody? Um, <sighs> oh, no, that was... Are You That Somebody is not from that movie. Are You That Somebody is from Dr. Doolittle. Uh, Jet Lee one is... Uh, try again. The point is you can find us on those uh, sites that Emily... Emily? Okay, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> I am not okay. <laughs> this movie really fucked us up. This movie was so not okay that <laughs> we are, it affected us. <laughs> we need like a palate cleanser for this bad Our movie. Our brains literally turned to mush. We... This the clay went from the screen to our brains. <laughs> Truly? We have smoothed over uh, clay brains now. Uh, uh, huh. I Listeners, we love and appreciate you so much, but don't ever pull that shit again. We're cool with you, but this was not cool. <laughs> this, was, this was a personal attack. This was... Like, this almost tells us that you guys don't like our podcast. Yeah, do you even like our <laughs> podcast? <laughs> You guys I are, can't even be serious. You're like, the tall one and the other one need to shut the <laughs> fuck up. <laughs> Watch this blue bitch for an hour and a half. <laughs> and we did. We did. We really did. Well, and we tried so hard to like it. <sighs> There's just nothing really redeemable about it. Not even a big titty goth GF. Uh, listen, we all want a big titty goth GF, but... Although, I think you and I realized... I think we are the big titty goth GF. I mean, I definitely am. Yeah. And so are you. Thanks. You're right. It, what you said was correct. We got to find our own Timothy Chalaminis. I got one. Well, he's not a Timothy Chalaminis, no. but he's all right. I don't need... We're I'm, just friends. I don't get don't, any ideas. I don't need a Timothy Chalamet, okay? <laughs> so if you're listening, Chalamet, don't DM me <laughs> and let okay. me know. <laughs> okay. Don't DM me telling me you're a Glacier boy. Glacier boy. Glacier boy. (laughs) (laughs) Timothy Chalamet, Glacier boy, Esquire, PGA. I'm not interested, (laughs) except, um, except she's interested. I'm not. And on that note, we're going to end the podcast. I'm not. (laughs) DM me, Chalamet. Hit me up. We can share Spotify playlists. And compare cheekbones. (laughs) I don't. I'm, again, not interested. Except you are very interested. Not interested. I don't want to. You want to <laughs> kiss him on the lips. I don't want to be your army hammer. 
You want to kiss him on the mouth? I Admit it! I, I have never thought about it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening so much. This has been You Had Me at Hell No. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Love you. You Had Me at Hell No was recorded in Scoundrel and Scamp Theater in Tucson, Arizona. And Allie and I just want to thank the theater for allowing us to record there. Special thanks are also in order to Tiffer Hill, our engineer, for putting up with all of our shenanigans and making us sound fabulous, as well as Bella Vanek and Lucille Petty for our theme song. Thank you, Bella and Lucille. Yeah. 